All right. Well, despite the fact that it's Mother's Day, this is the day the Lord has made. And we are going to give God a great reception. Amen? So, Father, we want to say, Lord, you are worthy of it all. We say to you, Lord, let your praises arise in this place. And we thank you in advance, God, that you inhabit the praises of your people. That is, Lord, you infuse yourself, your presence, the essence of your glory into places where worship arises. Father, fill this place today in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Let's worship. We love the atmosphere of your love. (laughs) You are the sustainer of life. And we say, Father, let everyone who needs a drink of that life this morning, online or here in the room, God, let that life flood our souls in Jesus' name. Thank you. You are a good, good Father. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's say it together. You are a good, good Father. You are a good, good Father. You are a good, good Father. I have something to share this morning, and um, I'm unsure if I'm going to make it all the way through. But, uh, but hallelujah, hallelujah. There is, there is some exciting truths that will liberate us that God has for us. You know, you know God is actually interested in raising you up. God's, God is saying, listen, I, I've got the most amazing inheritance for you. I've got, uh, I've got the means for you to walk in things, unimaginable things, I've prepared for you. But you don't automatically get it. Right? You know, I mean, I mean, the whole nature of the way inheritances work is you don't give inheritance pr- prematurely. You know, when a father is a good father, he will, he will dispense inheritance in, a, in such a manner, especially if it's a massive inheritance, in such a way that it doesn't destroy you. He wants to give you and invite you into the administration of this inheritance at a pace that you're able to administrate it correctly and properly. And so similarly, God is bringing us into something, and it's his kingdom. So I, I, gotta, I don't know how I'm going to piece this together. I just saw so many things during the worship. I started a few days ago, just some things were raining down me. I thought, oh, that would be a good thing to share about sometime. And uh, this morning, it just began to come into, into perspective, and uh, it's, it's, man, I'm so excited. But I want to tell you a little funny story. I saw this on Facebook some time ago, and it's the story of the magic coffee table. Anybody heard about the magic coffee table? Yeah, anyway, it's a, it's a funny little skit where, uh, I, and I can't even remember how it started. It's long, so long ago that I saw it, but uh, one day, oh, I know how it started. This guy wakes up and his wife is gone. And so he calls the police and the policeman comes, you know, there's a woman police officer and a, and a man police officer and they're coming in, they're getting the report. He said, yeah. He said, yeah, my wife's gone. He says, uh, she disappeared Something happened. I think it's the magic coffee table. What do you mean? Well, I think she fell into it. Magic coffee table, what's that? Well, you see, we got this coffee table here, and it's a magic coffee table. I've tested this out, and I've seen it at work, but it's, it's amazing. Anything you put on that coffee table disappears. It's true. You know, I'd be here, you know, staying up late watching the game and, and leave my, you know, my utensils and dirty plates and all kinds of garbage there. And the next morning, it's magically gone and the dishes are clean and they're back in the cupboards. And, uh, 
And so, you know, I thought, man, this is, this is something else. So I thought I would test out the theory. So I just threw loads of crap on there. And sure enough, every day, it would be there. <laughs> and and uh, the woman, you know, she finally gets to the place, say, you, you, you got you to gotta be, be stupid. Are you stupid? And the police, other police officer said, no, no, I got one of those too. <laughs> no, it's a, you know, it's funny, unless that's still happening to you and you're 45 years old. Right? I mean, you know, when you're a kid and you grow up and that, that's the kind of thing that happens. Moms and dads, you know, do that all the time and particularly moms, right? You know, and in some cases you can be 30 years old and your, your mom's still coming over and doing your dishes and cleaning your house. <laughs> right? You know, that's a good preparation for marriage right there. Your wife will appreciate that. Your future wife. But here's the, here's the point. Obviously, I'm saying, you know, we, we know how this works, right? Cause and effect is always predictable. Listen, cause and effect is always predictable. It's not only true of the natural world, it's true of the spiritual world. Nothing happens that there is not a traceable, identifiable cause. And what happens in the kingdom of God is God is saying, listen, I'm looking for people to be causes. I'm looking for people, people who understand the mechanics of things and who realize that things aren't random, that they actually uh, happen because somebody intervenes at some point. I remember uh, uh, thinking about many times, I've thought about this over and over, about the whole idea of how we discover cycles. You know, imagine a guy one day wakes up in the middle of the world in this pristine part of the world, it's a garden, it's, there's running water, there's fruit trees, like everything he needs is right there in front of him. And, but he's never lived a day in his life, right? So he lives that day, he finds the running water and whatever, but towards dusk, the sun starts to set. But he's never seen a sun before. He didn't even know that the sun moved until he saw it move. And the idea of it setting is brand new. So as far as he's concerned, that first 24-hour period or 12-hour period, I mean, that's, that's just, this is the way it is. It used to be light and now it's dark. He doesn't know yet that it's a cycle. He hasn't discovered yet that there is a cyclical pattern to this thing and that the sun is going to come up again and tomorrow you're going to repeat the same cycle. All right, so, so you land in this world and there seems to be a lot of automation. You know, things just happen, right? They just, we are victims of a, a series of occurrences. Sun rises up and goes down. You know, it's just there. We're, we're not involved in that. It's, you know, mechanically in place. It's going to happen by road every day. Unless it doesn't. So you find that there are these systems in place that God has put in place. And there are systems that are 24 hours. There's a week. There's seasons, Right? There's, there's seasonal patterns. We, you, know, you realize if you'd never seen winter before, you're up for a big surprise. You know, if you live in northern Russia or northern Canada, it's like, holy smokes, didn't know this was going to happen. Uh, I like the summer better. And all of a sudden, you know, eventually 300 days later, you start to realize, hey, there's a, there is a pattern here. There is a repeating cycle. And so the question is, well, how, how big are these cycles? How influential are these cycles? Like, you know, are there cycles in decades? Are there cycles in centuries? Are there cycles in millenniums? Unless you've lived to, under, to see those cycles, you don't know if they exist or not. So meteorologists, you know, for the last couple hundred years are tracking certain kinds of data. We've gained enough technology. We're starting to track data we never had before. And you know what? We're starting to see that, hey, there are cycles we didn't know were cycles. One-time occurrences are not necessarily one-time occurrences. And so we come into this world and we find, we start to discover these cycles. Uh, we start to discover cause and effect. And when we do, then we, we gain an ability to manage the world in which we live. What if there was a level of, 
of administration and cycles that we could intervene in that was way beyond what we ever knew. And this is the message of the kingdom of God. God is saying, listen, I've put some things in place, but the reality is you are far more influential than you know. And that uh, rather, you know, when, when in the old days, you know, when tribes would migrate from the, here to there, they would migrate according to the seasons. And they didn't understand that, you know, why, did, why does this all of a sudden happen that there's no more rain? Is there a place on the earth where there is rain? And we think, well, no, there isn't. We just have to live with it. This is the cycle. It's the dry season. Now it's the rainy season. It's the dry season. And now it's the rainy season. It's the dying season and the living season. You know, we barely get by here and then. But what if some of these cycles were manageable? What if they weren't definitive? What if they were what if the what if the cause and effect to weather patterns could be changed by people? Now you think, well, that would be great. Right? We could make this better. <laughs> Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now that you would give us a revelation of the cycles you want us to intervene in for the sake of our nation. Now, this might get a little complex. I hope it doesn't get too complex. But I want to read something to you here. We were just singing this song, and I thought, oh, I need to write. I need to look up some of those words. And this, you know, you, you know the song, so you'll be familiar with these words, but here they are anyway. Creator God... He is Yahweh, the great I am. He is Yahweh. The Lord of all, he is Yahweh. Love those words. Rose of Sharon, he is Yahweh. The righteous son, he is Yahweh. The three in one, he is Yahweh. Who is he that makes me happy? Who is he that gives me peace? Who is he that brings me comfort and turns the bitter into sweet? Who is stirring up my passion? Who is rising up in me? Who is, who is filling up my hunger with everything I need? And here, here's the point. God did never, he never determined for us to be victims of circumstances. It was never God's plan for any human being any family, any man, woman, or child to ever be the victim of circumstances. When God put man on the earth and he created woman, he said, listen, be fruitful, multiply, and have dominion over the earth. When God did that, he put into our hands everything that is necessary for us to rule the world and to subdue it. Then the bad thing came, right? Adam and Eve fell. Adam and Eve fell, and we know what happened, so let me try and break that down really quickly. You had a good God, a loving God, a Father who created all things, said, listen, everything that you need is available in me. I can supply, I can create your version of nirvana or bliss or the Garden of Eden. I mean... The best utopian society you could ever imagine emerges from me because all good things come from me. I am this great God. So, so you'll never lack. There will never be any, uh, any break in the supply. That's, that's the promise we were given. But Adam and Eve said, nah, nah. We're not going to do that. We decided to go our own way. To go our own way. So that's what the fall was. It's like we, we gave up this perfect supply from an infinite God who has all the power of everything we need, and we decided that we were going to, you know, I want to do it myself. I want to do it myself. And so because of that, because of that, everything changed. The world stopped being this blissful utopia and then it changed. And if you go across the earth and if you travel and you start to, to find different places in the earth, and if you examine, you realize there's a range of good and bad on the earth wherever you go. I mean, there are some places that are just catastrophically impossible to live in. I mean, there's wars, there's inclement weather, not here, other places, right? I mean, there's, there's distasteful things that are happening all the time 
And, and of course, we, we, believe, we believe that that the causes of those things are natural. The causes of those things are not within our ability to influence. And so what we do is we'll migrate here and there. You know, during the rainy season, then we'll come. During the dry season, we'll go somewhere else where it might rain. You know, we'll find places of refuge to escape the impossible situation that's here. But let me say this. What if God, what if God had an ability, had placed in us an ability for us to draw on his provision and interrupt all of those cycles that seem to be bringing our livelihood, our experiences from positive to negative and up and down random occurrences. See, when the, when the sociologists and the scientists look around the earth, what they see is cause and effect, but it's limited to this world. And so they, you know, they're, they're stuck. They're powerless beyond. We can only, we can adapt. We can do these things. We can build houses. We can get energy this way. And man, we, men have done great job adapting to this thing. But then when it comes to the issues of faith, and this is where people stumble, they say, I can't serve a God who would allow this kind of devastation in this place and yet bless this place. Like, how is that fair that God would create such blessing over here and allow such inhumanity to prevail over here? What if that wasn't God's fault? What if that wasn't God's idea? What if that wasn't God's choice? We have allowed ourselves, even as Christians, to be victims. We've allowed ourselves to embrace a kind of powerlessness because, you know why? Because in powerlessness is irresponsibility. And what we have chosen is not powerlessness, but irresponsibility. All right? We like the idea of a magic coffee table, right? Because then we're not responsible for outcomes. Yeah, these things just happen. I don't know why they happen. They just happen. And I have to live with the consequences, good or evil. You know, what? The other floor keeps getting dirty. It's just dirtier and dirtier. You could watch it. What? And so we happen upon these, these, these moments. And I remember the first time I went to a building with somebody and the building was locked and they had keys. I remember they like... Wait a minute. You have keys? Like, I never knew that somebody arrived before me and opened up the school. I just, you know, when, the, when I went to school as a kindergartner, it's like there's this magical administration beyond my video. I don't know how it happens. But you come back here and the floors are clean and the waste bins are emptied and the doors are unlocked and it's heated. How does these things happen? <laughs> So as you mature naturally, you start to realize they happen because of cause and effect. Somebody somewhere took responsibility for that and made it happen. And God is saying, hey, come on. I've got a kingdom. I've got this assortment of riches that I'm ready and willing to pour out on people. I just need people who first understand it's accessible and then take responsibility to bring it in, to make it happen. Now, let me quickly share this, and I'll try and get into my real, the heart of my message. Oh, hallelujah. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that God, the, the, uh, the, the blessing that you've given us by calling us, Lord, to be co-workers with you, God, that that would come uh, with immense power today that we would begin to see possibilities we've never seen before in Jesus' name. A few years ago, I preached a message here in a few other places, but I talked about wealth. I talked about provision. I talked about, because, you know, uh, again, the, 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 the atheistic sociologist will look and he'll, he'll try and analyze the reason why certain cultures are prosperous and others are not. And of course, they, they find all of these contributing factors, both, you know, towards the negative outcomes and the positive outcomes. And they're analyzing all this data, but they make assumptions about what's beyond the data that they can see. And those assumptions, of course, end up being wrong because God is saying, listen, there are forces beyond the natural forces that determine the natural forces. Hello. So 
then of course part of the, the whole mentality of the atheist is, is God is not good because you know look what happens in the Sudan and look what happens there and look what doesn't happen there like, like this is so unfair but what if it was entirely fair what if God had said to every nation listen you can have as much blessing as you want to have you can have as many riches as you want to have. You can have the best scenario in your nation that you, that you want to have. It begins with alignment with me. You see, when Adam and Eve left God's utopian world, there was still the option of living under the power and under the alignment of God's utopian world. And when you take... So here's what happens. But what, what happens when in a city or in a nation you have some that don't believe and some that believe? Well, you, you draw as much power from that system as you believe. Let, 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 me, let me show this. When we worship, okay, we are pulling on the dimension of that kingdom and everything that it entails, all the supply connected to the kingdom of God is being pulled down into our nation. And so that's why a a nation prospers based on the percentage of people that are actually doing that. I know, some some people are having a hard time believing that. The differences from nation to nation is based on the faith that's calibrated from heaven. God in heaven sees how much faith, and he doesn't decide what he's going to visit with you. You draw to your nation what you desire by, by whether, what you worship, by what you align with. And so what caused, what caused the West to be the greatest, most wealthy, most prosperous, most advanced civilization in time was not the scientists, it was the amount of faith there was that drew down the knowledge that made it obvious how these things work. So people woke one day and realized, oh, there are these things happening, I'm gonna take advantage of them. No, there's rain and there's vegetation and there's fruit, this is great. We got a great life, we'll learn how the the seasons work, we start cultivating and doing all this, this is a great life. Then one day, it stops raining and everything dries up and everything dies. uh, Here we are, we're stuck. Except if you knew how to draw the rain. How do you draw the rain? God brings rain. God brings rain. It, it says, let me read this to you. In Psalm 145, 10 to 16, this is what it says. All your works praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you, and they shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Listen, this is the responsibility of believers. What we're doing is we're trying to say, hey, if you do this, look at the blessing that comes. We're trying to make known the glorious majesty of his kingdom that's available to us. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generation. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all that are bowed down. The eyes of the Lord look, the eyes of all look expectantly to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. So though it seems that certain cycles are random and and we are powerless to change them, God is saying, actually, no, that's not true. The the tapping in to my blessing begins with a people that believe and a people that worship me. When you are doing this, you are bringing that blessing into the earth. But here's here's the question. How How responsible do you feel you are for that? How much do you actually believe that, that this, is, this is the result? And so, so we are on this journey where God is dealing with us individually to say, listen, if you picked up more responsibility for things that are going on in life, I will give you more authority over them. 
Because what I want is I want to raise up sons. I want to raise up co-heirs. I want to raise up people who have the keys that open the door. Who, have the, who know where the switch is for the heat. You know, so that when they come in, these things that were not in your purview, not within reach before, I, I, I am making them in reach. Your journey in me is to get you to the place where you draw from me all the things that you need. But you know what it's easier to do? It's easier to live in the limitation of what is already supplied. It's easier to live in the ups and downs of the supply that's, that's random, that happens here and there, and to not take responsibility for those things because we believe we're powerless. And because we believe we're powerless, we are. But he says, what I want is I want people who own responsibility for their own journey, starting with their own lives. That your ability to change a nation starts with your ability to change your life. So, how do we, what are the challenges that we have? If this is possible, and I know for some of us it might be a leap to think God wants us to be co-rulers, co-heirs with him, co-workers with him, such that we are responsible for the blessing of nations. And we give up on the idea that God is randomly, you know, throwing dice and deciding whether to change or touch the economy of Canada or to, and to make us resilient against global forces or not. No, this is not being decided in heaven. It's being decided on earth and visited on us because of heaven. But it begins with what we decide. So I wrote this down earlier. I'll see if I can make this, make some sense of this. But uh, imagine the kingdom of God as a business corporation. Imagine, imagine the kingdom of God is, is a corporation, you know, like, like Apple or IBM or, you know, Atco. And uh, everybody within that corporation, every worker, every consumer, every client has access to the president of the company, right? Oh, wouldn't that be great? No, but the, what, if, what if the president himself was a benevolent ruler who, who, wanted, who wanted us to, to really enjoy all the services uh, that his company could afford and, uh, as, as clients and employees. And we could have, you know, if, if there's anything along the way that you... Have you let, me, let me back up. Have, if there's anything on the, along the way that goes wrong, we have access to the president to fix it. Have you ever gone to the manager? You know, you get somebody gets your order wrong. You say, "I want to talk to the manager, right? I want to I want to talk to the person in charge here." And so, you you talk to the person in charge and you get your issue resolved. And if they don't resolve it, then you can go up a rung. So I'm going to talk to the district manager. What if in the kingdom of God, that was how God's kingdom worked? Well, here's the thing. What keeps us from seeing that? We actually don't believe that we have access to God. We are limited. We are limited by the administrations that are around us. So when we go to church, we get upset at what's happening at church. And, uh, and God is trying to say, hey, listen, if you could bypass that manager of that local church and get what you need if you believed. Oh, I, I'm not enjoying church anymore. And, and you could, well, I'm going to go to a different church then. Well, you go to the, the other church, and it's not good either. And you go to another church, and it's not good. Finally, you swear off all churches. And what God was trying to say, listen, actually, your satisfaction doesn't come from the manager of that church. You can access the president. That when, when you come into a church... When you come into a, a, a society that is the people of God, you know, at first you're subject to what they offer. Like, you know, you, you're a new Christian, you don't know anything, you go to a home group, man, this guy's a genius. Then you realize he's not so great. <laughs> but, but what God is trying to do is, is say, listen, get what you can from that guy right there, but realize you're never limited to that particular manager. You never, because the supply of what you need is not well that person speaks, but he's there, okay, that, 
Well, Ben's leading worship. I'm not sure I like Ben's style. Well, you know what? You don't have to like Ben's style. You don't even have to like his song choices. When you're in the room, you can access heaven or access what Ben is releasing. Now, Ben happens to release some really good things. Our whole team happened to release some really good things. And it, it's so rich, you know, we're just quite satisfied. Hopefully, you're satisfied. I'm satisfied. But if you aren't, you're not limited to the supply that they are bringing you. In a natural corporation, you know, if you're a job, oh, I got to answer to my foreman. I can't go past the foreman. Boy, if only the president knew what was happening here, he would fix this because I know this is not what he wants. The beautiful thing is in the kingdom of God, you can be in relationship to a leader, but yet not be subject to the limitations of what that leader brings to you. You can honor him and be subject to him and yet have God's supply come from heaven. See, this is what, this is what God was trying to show me as a young Christian as I began to do ministry. He, this is what he said to me. He said, Mark, the one you are leaning on for your supply is the one you have faith in. The, the, one, that, the one that you're mad at when things don't go well Uh, The reason you're getting things that don't go well is because you're leaning on somebody who can't do it any better. And what I'm giving you, oh, should I write that guy off? No, 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 honor him, but go above his head in the spirit. Go above his head in the spirit. Well, what that means, I, I can still be in my place in the body, but have direct access to the president. Now, I don't know if this is making sense to anybody. But the whole thing starts with this. It starts with certain absolutes, certain belief systems. You know the scripture says that every man, let God be true and every man a liar. Let God, let God be true and any man, every man a liar. What, what is that saying? It's saying, listen, you can when push comes to shove, trust God and believe him and that you never have to excuse yourself by blaming God for not wanting something to happen. And this is what God has said, listen, my kingdom is built on a whosoever will system and anything you need is available for you. And if you want it, you can get it. But here's what we'd rather do. We'd rather say, I didn't get it and it wasn't my fault. I can't tell you how many people I've heard, they've backslid. No, I went to church for a while, but then I went to church and I never got what I needed. The people weren't as faithful as they should have been, and the pastor was a bad speaker, and the, and the worship team sometimes sang out of tune, and they sang new songs, and I wanted the old songs, and, and they, you know, blame, 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 blame. I can't progress because these things are keeping me back. And God is saying, no, actually, the kingdom of God is structured that if you fulfill the requirements of faith, you can reach above the, above the, the realm of what anybody in the room can access. Everything you need for life and godliness is already provided. So that's actually the foundation of, the, of this message. It's Second Peter 1, verse 1, 2 to 4. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. This is what God is saying. Listen, all things that pertain to life and godliness I've already given to you. If you're not accessing, accessing them, it's because you're not accessing them. But I didn't know I could. I came to church and I thought the supply was through this person and this person and this person and this person. No, they are a conduit of supply. But if they don't have what you need, you have access to hire. All things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory And virtue, whereby are given us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So let me let me give you a snapshot where this is. Everything you need to stop sinning is in your hands. Everything you need to actually become 
to, to grow in the nature of God is already provided. The only, thing limited, the only thing limiting you is where you're drawing from. Who or what are you looking for to meet that need? And we say, well, I'm trusting God. Evidently not because you don't have the stuff. You know, it's easy to take a posture. You know, well, I've written off the church. They're all losers. But I, me and God, we're doing great. Except when I look at your life, it's no better than it was before. You're still struggling with sin. You're still, you know, full of anger and rage and hatred. You're still not doing signs and wonders and causing nations to be changed. So, you know, what benefit was you to leave the church? You might say, oh, I've lost confidence in that church, but you still haven't gained confidence in God. Otherwise, it would be evident in your life because this stuff would be pouring through you in massive quantities. And if this stuff is not pouring through you in massive quantities, then you're not doing it any better than those people that you blame for your, your, your old situation. I mean, this is, this is a perfect situation for us. We have a, a supply, an eternal supply, and, and there's administrators. There's actually a real hierarchy of administration in this. There's apostles, and there's prophets, and there's pastors, and there's administrators, and there's people all along the way. And we get from those different people along the way, but we're not limited by any of those people. It's a perfect scenario. You can go right to the top. I'm going to the top. But can you? That's, and that's the thing. Can you? Faith causes you to go higher for your supply. But the evidence that you're doing it is that you get the supply. The evidence that you have faith is the thing that they weren't getting for you. You got. And what happens is then God takes you from that place of being a consumer to a place of being a supplier. I mean, and, and that was the whole reason why he structured this way. He said, listen, whosoever will, come on, come and get it. All the, all the income free, it's all available to you. Well, my pastor's not blah, 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 blah. So then you do it. And that's exactly what the Lord said to me. And when, when I started getting negative about the church, the Lord said, all right, then you do it. I thought, all right then, well, you know, I'll, I'll do it. But I found it was not as easy as initially thought. <laughs> that learning to access this supply has taken me a lifetime. Forty years I've been doing this stuff. Now I'm getting better at it. And because I'm getting better at it, I am... God is raising me up in a different way as a supply in the same way he could do for you and you and you and you and you. This idea that the church is holding me down because I'm a woman. The church is holding me down because I'm short. The church is holding me down because I don't have the right connections. You know, it's, it's like when I, when I had this ministry, I was trying to get the church to notice me. And God was like, I, I know people. If you actually came to me for favor, I could give you favor. But you're running around trying to get people to notice you, and then you're getting mad because they don't notice you in your great ministry. But if you just actually really came to me, if I really was your supply, Mark, you would get that stuff, and then people couldn't help but notice. (laughs) It's like, oh, that's how it works. But it's easier to, to, to lay back and just assign blame. It's easier. But when we assign blame, what we're really doing is we're disqualifying ourselves from a higher role in the administration of the kingdom. We're saying, I don't want to be responsible to carry the keys and then complain about the fact that you can't get in the building when it's locked. So we, uh, here, here, here's the thing, and I've given this illustration before, but you go and buy something from Ikea, and you're putting it together, and it doesn't fit, and the first thing in your mind is manufacturing error. <laughs> right. 
See, there's only two options. There's human error or manufacturing error. I always go to manufacturing error. I oh no, this is terrible. I'm gonna have to call them and tell them they drilled everything in the wrong place. And I called Jim Denon and said, you know, maybe turn that around. Watch how see how they line up now? Magically. It's your magic coffee table and at work there. See, and this is the point. This is the absolute that gets us really truly started on this path. That all things are provided and God never lies. All things are provided and God never lies. All things are provided and God never lies. He has constructed the kingdom of God that if you as an individual, separate from what anybody else do, does in your life, whether they negate all their responsibilities and forego all the, the things there that should, they should be doing to provide you with whatever services, you have the means to access those things anyway. And we're all one day going to stand before him with all of our disappointments, with all of our questions, with our, God, I got a bone to pick with you. I went to this church and they, and you go there and say, well, yeah, but there was the secret access to that thing right here. And it was there all the time. And right here in your life and here in your life and here in your life, I told you here and I told you here and I told you here. But you willingly ignore that message and that one and that one so you never got that. Instead, you lived on the backside of the spiritual desert that is the church, bitter at what everybody else didn't supply for you when I called you to be a supply. Let God be true. Let God be true. He says, listen, I am faithful. I, nothing's impossible to him that believes. Well, I believed in God, you never did. Liar! I believed. No, 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 you tried to believe. And our stories are all the same. I tried to believe, I tried to believe, I tried to believe. The difference between me and those that quit is I never decided it was manufacturer's error. I believed all along that it was human error. I mustn't be doing this right, God, otherwise it would be working. No, it's the church. It's, it's our society. It's, a, it's the bad theology. It's the, there's something wrong with the Bible. It's, it's da, 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 excuses, blame. And God is saying, listen, I've got this empire called the kingdom of God. And you can have any place in the hierarchy of that thing that your faith will reach for. But faith always starts by taking responsibility responsibility I am the cause of where I am see every religious system I've seen out there that enshrines a culture or a civilization in a lower place than what God has given them has at some point begun to believe in a kind of fatalism that says this this is our lot this is the limits of what is possible for us and when that happens in a culture, and man, the spinoffs are so much. When you, the reason you get communism, the reason you get all of, these, all of these belief systems is because we want somebody else to be responsible for our uptake, our upkeep. We want, we want the government to do this. Well, the government should be doing more. If your answer is always the government should be doing more, you have, a, you have abdicated your responsibility and you have neglected your authority. God is saying, listen, I got lots of stuff. I'm just looking for somebody responsible enough that I can assign authority over it to. It's all I need. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. But it's so disheartening. It's a lot easier to blame when things don't go wrong. Man, I, I got this wrong a thousand times. I'm beginning to think it's somebody else's fault. You wish... So let me, let me review a few things. There's some absolutes on which this thing is dis, dispensed. And, and the far-reaching effect is this. If enough people in a nation, any nation around the earth, if enough people took enough responsibility for the outcomes of their land, 
the land would be different. That's why we were born in a land that was better than a lot of other lands because somebody before us took that responsibility. Exercise what was in their power, worshiped God, and their faith drew down a revelation and an understanding about how to work the, the cause and effects of the system that, in which they were born and begin to find keys that brought them out of everything that was deficient before we were even alive. And thus we should do the same thing for everybody else after us. That's the call of sons, daughters. Kingdom heirs. You know, you, we, 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 sometimes we look at this and, you know, we look at the reward thing and we look at, at, at all that God has promised, I'm going to give this to him and this to the one that overcomes and this one that's faithful and a crown of glory has reserved me because of this. Paul said, we think, well, that, 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 that's all great and everything, but, uh, but uh, you know, so I'm waiting to see if I, if I qualified. I'm waiting to see what I get. Whatever you're going to get, you got now. As he is now, so are we in this world. So everything that we're going to get in eternity, we have available to us right now. If we start to own the journey. I'm going to be brutally honest. Because so far I've been so easygoing. I mean, the, worst, the most tragic thing possible is that we would be allowed to live in the delusion that we are victims. When the equipment, the tools, and the means to come out of our situations is in our hand and nobody else's. Somewhere along the line, we lie down and die. And we give up on taking responsibility. What stops us in our journey? It's not God's timing. It's not your age. It's not the uh, distinguishing features of your physicality, your talents, your gifts. It's on a heart level you stopped taking responsibility. Bitterness only happens to people that made themselves powerless and victims of things that were wrong. They believed at some point that they could not come over top of those things. And therefore, they assigned themselves a sphere that was lower than God ordained, less than what he promised for you. So I want us to stand right now. There's so much more we could say about this, but I want us to, I want us to put our hand on our heart. And I want us to say this, just honestly, God, show me. God, show me. God, show me all the ways I've abdicated my authority. God, reveal the truth. And you don't have to repeat after me now. I just want you to begin to reach out to the Lord. I just want you to begin to say, oh God, I, I don't want to stop. I don't want to be relinquished to a lower orbit. I, I don't want to settle for what I have. I don't want to get by. I don't want to live migrating from good situation to, to better, avoiding worse situations. I want to be the cause and effect that changes the world in which I live beginning with myself, but Lord, if it's possible to be a part, to become nation changers. Lord, we are potentially a generation of nation changers. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Listen, let me share one last thing. When you do this, when you do this, when you take responsibility... You actually, you actually go into another realm of faith. And here's what faith does. Faith pulls either on heaven or this present realm. What you believe in is what you pull on. All right? If you believe in the limitations of the cause and effect of the natural realm, that's what you pull on. But if you believe in God's encampment over and above the natural realm, you pull on that. To the degree that you believe, you pull on that dimension. When we're worshiping here, we're all singing the same songs, but we're not pulling all with the same capacity. 
What if God can multiply your capacity to pull the kingdom of God down by a hundred? Would you want that? Or do you want to wait with all your grievances and one day stand before God and realize that, no, you were the man. And you could have changed it while you were living. But you didn't. We're still alive. We are still alive. We are still alive. These things are available and accessible. We can go up. We can go higher. We can change the nation of Canada. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I, uh, I feel stirred in my heart. Because it, this is the beauty of the kingdom of God. Anything is possible at any minute of every day, any second, any meeting. <laughs> the sky's the limit. And it's always the case. And we are here right now in a potential life-changing minute where we put behind us bitter talk, blame, and complaining and murmuring forever. Forever. See, you cannot take responsibility for your life and murmur about others at the same time. When we murmur and complain about what others are not doing, we've assigned them authority over our lives because we refuse to take responsibility. But when we own the life we're in, when we own this moment, everything starts to change. Ask God to allow that reality to penetrate you deeper than it's ever gone. So, Father, we say, God... Increase our capacity to believe and turn our hearts toward you, we pray in Jesus' name. This message is not for everybody. It's for the spiritual teenagers and above. There's a place where you are a spiritual child and responsibility is not within your your grasp yet. That's where you come in for them. That's where we become Sunday school teachers and home group leaders. That's where we become pastoral people and, you know, hubs for relationship because we, we need to be the supply for those who can't. And so you can't apply this to everybody, but most of the people in this room, you, will, you, can, you can embrace this and walk this. I believe God wants to create a level of maturity in this body, in this place that will facilitate a harvest in the region. Because there's people who need a magic coffee table and for a while you might be that magic coffee table in their life supplying these things being the cause and effect of things that they don't know is within their ability to touch. Father, bring us harvest, but more than that, bring us the laborers that can take in the harvest, that can reap the harvest. Father, I pray, God, that you would bring the full-orbed manifestation of all that we need from the very young spiritually to the very mature. God, that this place, Lord, would be a refuge for the weary, the helpless, and the victims. Yes, Lord.